0: Sound level? Are you good? That's good. You're listening to the Kids Ask Why podcast with Lucky.
1: A show where kids ask why and kids find the answers.
0: This is the Kids Ask Why podcast, all about electricity. I've got my buddy Jeffrey with me, and he's, my, he's the electricity master, so I don't get electric shocked. Let's begin this episode. We haven't done a podcast in quite some time, and I'm really excited to do one again.
1: Nice. How you going, buddy? Good. You ready to talk about electricity?
0: Yep, awesome. I'm pretty excited today.
1: Cool, let's talk about it.
0: So, Dad, what is electricity?
1: Well, electricity sounds a bit like magic. It just comes out of the plug when we plug an appliance into the wall, or when we flick a switch, the light turns on, and it all feels a bit like magic. But, Electricity is really just the flow of electrons from one place to another, and that can happen in a number of different ways. It can happen through static electricity, it could be lightning, or it could be the electricity that runs along the wires that live in our house or that live on the power lines that run up and down our streets and give us things like um, fridges and televisions and lights and all sorts of other wonderful appliances, including all the equipment that runs this podcast. All relies on electricity.
0: Yep, and Dad, mm. what is the book that you're reading there called? So
1: we've borrowed a couple of books from the library here in Auckland, New Zealand, where, we've, where we record our podcast. This one's called Eyewitness Energy, and it's a great little book for kids to learn all about the different types of energy Uh, in our universe and discover its amazing secrets and impacts on our lives. And we've got a couple of pages here on electricity and generating electricity and how we use it that we're going to talk about. And I've got another book here that's all about experiments with electricity and magnetism, and it's by Paul Navarro and Ángels Jiménez. And it's got some great experiments to do with electricity, including one with a lemon that we're going to talk about on the podcast, aren't we?
0: Yep. Dad, Mm. have you seen this video where Mark Rober makes this massive lemon battery and tries to charge the world's fastest Volkswagen racing car?
1: We saw that the other day, didn't we? And it was a fascinating video on the power of lemons but what did it have in it that was particularly useful? He used lemons to try and make a battery, didn't he?
0: Yep, and so and it only made 300 um, watts.
1: It watt. made 300 watts. That's pretty impressive. So let's talk about how the the humble lemon made a battery that, cr- that generated electricity, shall we? So the way that that experiment works is you need to take two bits of metal um, in this case, he used zinc and copper, didn't he? And in our experiment book here, it talks about using a zinc screw that you can find at your hardware store and a copper coin. We don't have any copper coins left in New Zealand circulation, but in lots of countries, coins are made out of copper. are the fi-
0: copper coins 10 cent coins? Uh,
1: in some countries they are, yep. Yeah. And um, some so, sometimes they're 5 cent coins. So if you can find a copper no, like coin. in
0: New Zealand. Are they still made out of copper, are they? I'm not sure. That's my question. Oh, maybe they are.
1: I haven't (laughs) seen one in a long time. So if you've got a copper coin and a zinc screw or some other zinc metal, you can plug one end of the zinc screw into one end of the lemon, and the copper coin into the other and if you attach a wire to each one around to a little light bulb uh, mostly most times an LED that will produce a tiny amount of electricity and the way that works is that the zinc likes to give off electrons it likes to get rid of electrons and the copper likes to absorb electrons and so the electrons move through the lemon because the lemon is a type of conductor it moves through the lemon from the zinc to the copper and then along the wires and around to complete a circuit so mark rober had over 1300 lemons didn't he in his experiment and he connected them all together with a series of zinc and copper plates and connected them all up and used the lemons to allow the electricity to flow uh, along the along the copper and zinc and then through the wires to power his Volkswagen racing car, which was a wonderful video and it was very exciting and it talked a little bit about how batteries work. And that's the basic concept of a, of a battery. So Alessandro, Alessandro Volta in the 1800s produced the first battery and he used discs of zinc and copper to transfer the electrons between the zinc and the copper. And he found that that worked when you wash them in acid and stack them in like a plate, one on top of the other and that was called a voltaic pile, and that was the first battery. And so it was the model for what we use to create our basic batteries today. And they are made of all sorts of different heavy metals now, lithium, nickel, cadmium, all sorts of different heavy metals. But it runs on the same principle that one metal tries to give off electrons and the other metal can absorb them, and that's a flow of electrons that creates a direct current battery. So all the electricity flowing in one direction. But direct current is not the only type of electricity we have. We also have alternating current, which is what comes out of the plugs in our house and what flows along the power lines, along our street, along the telegraph poles as well. And that's generated uh, or created in a slightly different way. Should we talk about that?
0: Yep. How do we generate electricity?
1: So in the production of electricity... We take fossil fuels, most of the time that's coal or natural gas, but it could also be biofuel or it could be a renewable type of energy like uh, water producing hydroelectricity or geothermal energy, energy from under the ground, which is quite popular here in New Zealand where we live. And that energy turns a turbine. So either by boiling water or um, water moving through a water turbine or a wind-powered turbine that you get in wind farms, all of that produces energy around and around a shaft, a drive shaft. And that shaft turns, and that turning motion moves a wire that's coiled around the shaft inside a magnetic field. And once we move the wire inside the magnetic field, we get the flow of electrons, and that's what produces electricity. So if you think about it like almost the opposite of an electric motor so in an electric motor we use magnets and electricity to produce the movement in this case what we're doing is we're using the movement to generate electrons to flow inside that copper wire and that produces the electricity and so that's why you get something called alternating current because as it goes through the electric field at one point when it's side onto the magnet it gets the most amount of electric current flowing And then as it moves, as it rotates around, the current goes up and down. So it goes up and down like a wave, and that wave is called a sine wave, and then that's why you get current that alternates back and forth. So while it looks like the light glows in our house steadily, actually the current is flowing back and forth 50 times a second at 50 hertz, uh, back and forth repeatedly, and that's the best way to produce electricity that needs to travel long, long distances, and that's what... Um, Michael Faraday and others uh, he got a lot of the credit but others helped produce electricity through a series of experiments in the early 1800s and we're still using most of those techniques today but as we get better at understanding how energy production is managed and how we use renewable energy we're better able to produce electricity by, ma- by means of renewable resources like wind power and solar power, although that's produced slightly differently, but wind power um, and, or, and hydroelectricity is produced in roughly the same way by turning a turbine and that electromagnetic induction produces electricity that we then store in our grid of wires that move around the country and power our lights in our homes.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Dad why does zinc absorb power
1: oh so some some materials have a natural tendency to give off electrons And some materials, like copper, have a natural tendency to absorb electrons. And it's all about the flow of electrons between two substances. So you'll notice that a lot of um, wires that conduct electricity are copper wires. So copper is a great conductor of electricity. It allows electricity to flow within itself, within um, within the copper wire. You'll notice that if you have a look at a power station, The wires are protected and even the power lines that you see across the road from our house are protected by little ceramic um, plates. And those ceramic plates protect the rest of the power pole or the other elements of the power station from the electricity because they are great insulators. They are very poor conductors Of electricity. They don't allow electricity to flow through them. So, materials like ceramic, wood to a certain extent, and lots of other materials are good insulators because they don't allow electricity to flow.
0: So, Dad, what is nuclear electricity?
1: So, nuclear um, energy can be used to produce electricity. And so, uh, the nuclear reaction is something called a fission reaction. So, it's the splitting of atoms. You need a big, heavy atom with lots of electrons, um, and you um, excite those electrons to a point where, they can, you, where you can split that atom, um, and the splitting of that atom reduce, produces a tremendous amount of energy. It doesn't produce electricity, but it releases lots of energy, and that energy can come in the form of um, or is used to create heat, and that heat heats water, and that boiling water creates steam, And that steam travels through a series of pipes and again turns a steam turbine and that steam turbine turns around. And then the mechanical motion of the steam turbine moving around turns a crankshaft and then we use electromagnetic induction to create electricity. So a nuclear power station uses the splitting of the atom to release energy from one form to another. In this case, the energy that binds the atoms produces lots of heat. The heat heats the water, the water produces steam, the steam turns the turbine and the turbine again uses electromagnetic induction to create electricity. So that's how nuclear energy works. And provided that you can control the nuclear reaction that happens when those particles get excited and those atoms split, you can produce energy relatively safely. Um, as long as you can control that reaction and control the radiation that those heavy, chemi- uh, those heavy elements use. And so when they're um, done reacting with each other, we need to store them and dispose of them safely because they can be quite harmful if that nuclear reaction um, goes out of control.
0: Okay. So, Dad... How do birds sit on a power line without getting electrocuted?
1: That's a great question. So birds sit on a power line and don't get electrocuted because electricity always flows along the path of least resistance. Um, so it will flow through a circuit along the path where it gets the least resistance, i.e. there's there's be- the best conductors pushing the or allowing the electricity to flow along that way that circuit. So birds can sit on a wire because the electricity flowing through the wire along the telegraph pole has less resistance going through the wire than it does to go around the bird. However, if a bird touches two wires, it creates a short circuit between the wires. So the electricity can flow better or with least resistance through the bird and across to the other wire. So if the bird touches two wires at the same time, it will get electrocuted because it creates a shorter circuit or less resistance than the electricity traveling all the way along the wire to our house and then back around and out again. Does that make sense? And so that's why you often see bats get electrocuted on power lines a lot more than birds because when bats fly into the power lines, they tend to touch two power lines at once because they're a little bit le- um, a little bit clumsier, whereas a bird can successfully land on one wire and it provides more resistance so it doesn't get the electricity flowing through its body and out the other side. But that's why it's very important for people not to touch power lines because we can get electrocuted um, when we touch power lines. So you never touch a power line if it's fallen down. You stay well away from it.
0: Is lightning electricity?
1: Yes, so lightning is a very special form of electricity. It's a little bit like the static electricity you get. You know when you rub a balloon on your head? Yeah. And then you hold it away from your head. Or and like
0: on fluffy carpet.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then you get that hair standing on end. That's, that's a form of static electricity. So that is a difference between two materials one having lots of electrons and the other having less electrons, so a difference in charge, if you like. Um, And the electricity or those charged particles want to even out, so they'll flow from one surface to another. And so that's why if you're sliding down like a plastic slide, sometimes you'll get an electric charge like a static shock when you get off the slide because your friction has caused part of your body to develop a different charge to the plastic surface, And that charge builds up enough until the electricity is able to flow through the air between the two surfaces, okay? And that's why you sometimes get a static shock when you get out of a car or um, potentially when you get off a, a slide. And electricity or lightning is just a massive, massive example of clouds or the material in clouds interacting and rubbing against each other and developing a massive charge. To the point where that charge can travel either across the cloud, so you see the lightning that kind of is in the sky, or if it gets big enough, that charge can travel through the air and down to the ground. And of course, where does it like to hit? It likes to hit things like flagpoles, um, big giant um, electricity towers, because it provides the path of least resistance for the lightning to travel from the charged particles in the cloud and all the way down to the power. ground.
0: Line things.
1: Yeah, it often hits power poles because it's made of metal and it's good at absorbing or conducting electricity.
0: Because it and, is electricity. Well,
1: it's, it's, it's because the power pole is made of metal and the metal is a good conductor and it provides the least resistance from the lightning all the way down to the ground um, to even out.
0: Thanks for listening to the Kids Ask Why podcast. Join us next time when we talk about planets. If you have a question or like something else that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can send it to us at kidsaskwhypodcast at gmail.com and also Merry Christmas.